Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am currently sitting on my couch with Hudson. And Tamara is here, one of my amazing photographers, and she's currently blowing up a huge floating yoga mat for the pool for a photo shoot that we're about to do. And she's kind of the best because she assured me it was a one-person job. So I am up here recording this intro, and we're about to have a full morning of shooting. So I've been having a lot of fun introducing this podcast for the last few weeks by playing around with a new intro style where I describe a little bit about what this podcast is all about and the things that you'll find here. So this podcast is about everything from wellness, health, nutrition, and yoga to spirituality, shamanism, and Reiki to deep diving conversations about business, relationships, blogging, and everything that sets our souls on fire. So as you can see, I haven't necessarily confined myself to a single topic on this podcast. And now we're on episode 51. So we've kind of run the gamut of all of my greatest interests and passions. So I hope you're interested in a lot of them. Clearly, I'm interested in all of them, which is why I have so much fun sharing with you guys. And maybe you found your favorites, and I'm always, always happy and excited to hear what your favorite types of topics on this podcast are. So you can always join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook and or send me an email at jordanatthebalancebond.com to let me know what you guys are the most interested in. And I've been having a blast sending out my top 10 blogging tips document to those of you who rate and review the podcast and send me a screenshot to my email because, of course, I want to thank you for helping me out and making this podcast more visible to more people by sending in your ratings and reviews on the iTunes store. So thank you for all of that. I will keep sending out that document Definitely keep joining the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. People are making friends in all sorts of cities, all sorts of countries, and it's really fun to watch and to be a part of. So I am super excited about today's guest, Courtney Swan of Real Foodology. I know you guys are excited too because ever since I shared on Instagram and Instagram story that I was having Courtney on the podcast, I have gotten so many messages from so many of you about how excited you are to hear what Courtney has to say. 
And I couldn't agree more. She has amazing things to share. So we are going to have so much fun with this episode. I think you guys will love it. Courtney is a blogger at Real Foodology. She's a real food activist, and she stands up for what she believes in when it comes to organic, non-GMO, natural foods, hormones, all that good stuff. She has her master's in nutrition from the Maryland University of Integrative Health. She, in this episode, talks all about her certification program, um, which I know a lot of you guys are interested in because a lot of you are looking at going down a similar path. So she has tons of tips and tricks on that front. She is the traveling nutritionist of Tove Lo, the super famous pop star who travels the world. And so Courtney's job is incredibly interesting. She has a lot of fun with it. She loves her life. She's set her soul on fire. So we talk all about that. We talk about balancing blogging with being a nutritionist, traveling all of the time, controversial topics like the documentary, What the Health. We talk about hormones, our friendship, friendships in the blogging community, and so much more. I think it was a really natural conversation, and those are my absolute favorites to share with you guys. So we are going to dive into that. And before we do, I just wanted to quickly say, if you have yet to check out Primally Pure, they are my favorite natural deodorant company. You've probably seen me do some giveaways on my Instagram, and we even did some giveaways on this podcast. And they are still offering a free lip balm at checkout for your first order with them if you use the code Balanced Blonde. So my favorite products are their sensitive skin deodorants, which are completely natural. I like the lavender variety. It smells really good. And I have to use the sensitive skin deodorant because... As you might know, if you follow me, I have very sensitive skin. I get tons of rashes from lots of other natural deodorants that have baking soda in them, which is unfortunate, especially with this candida overgrowth that I have right now. So I love their lavender natural deodorant. It's fantastic. It really works. If I'm going to a hot yoga class or something where I'm really going to sweat or just, you know, living in LA in September because it's been so hot here, I bring it with me in my purse and reapply because some of us just sweat a lot and that's how I am. So check out Primally Pure. They're awesome. I love their sensitive skin products and use the code BALANCEBOND at checkout to get a free lip balm. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the incredible Courtney Swan of Real Foodology. You guys are going to fall in love with her if you don't already know her and love her. All right, guys, I am here with Courtney Swan of Real Foodology. Hey. And oh, hey. And I'm also here with Hudson, who is curled up on the couch. He definitely really likes Courtney because she treats him like a dog, and he likes to be treated like a dog, I will say. So I'm so glad that Courtney is here today. She is not only a friend and a fellow blogger, she is also a holistic nutritionist, and she is so knowledgeable about the organic food movement and real foods, natural foods, everything we want to be putting into our bodies. So she is somebody who 
is super passionate about all of this stuff. And I'm very excited to have her here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So glad you're here, Courtney. And for everybody listening, just so you know, Courtney is very rarely in town. She <laughs> lives and is based here in LA, but she travels the world with Tove Lo, the international pop star. I'm sure everybody's heard of Tove Lo <laughs> listening. And so it's hard. It's hard to get Courtney or to, to have her on the podcast because yeah. she hasn't been here. So now she's finally here and we're so happy. So Courtney, I thought it would be fun instead of introducing yourself and telling people what you do, introducing yourself and telling everyone, what do you like to do? I love that question. Um, I don't get asked that often enough, I think. My favorite thing to do is spend time with friends. Uh, the older I get, the more I realize just how important it is to cultivate relationships and maintain them throughout your life. And I know that sounds silly, but putting more of an emphasis on it um, has really brought more enrichment to my life. So um, I love to travel, which is how I kind of ended up in the position that I'm in with Tovlo. Um, that's really fun. And, you know, I love to eat. <laughs> which is kind of how I got into this whole thing in the first place. And, you know, another thing too, I love to read. I love to nerd out on, you know, anything from nutrition and I love reading self-help books. Yeah. And listening to podcasts too is a new thing that I love to do. What are some of your favorite podcasts? Well, obviously I love yours. It's so fun. You know, I've, I love Bulletproof Radio. That one is my go-to and I listen to it every week. It's really, really interesting. You know, I started getting into the Skinny Confidential Love that podcast. I love it. Their banter back and forth right? is hilarious. Their banter. I love their banter. It gives me life. I feel like <laughs> Michael and Lauren are relationship goals. They, they are really are. So funny. I love the way they are with each other and they just support each other, but make fun of each other and laugh at yeah. each other, but also work together and spend all their time together and clearly love to be together. It's really cool. And it's cool to see how much they both support each other. But like you said, they, they can also make fun of each other and like laugh at it. And it just makes it really, it's funny. Yeah, I love <laughs> so that. To listen to. Um, you know, and a new one that I started on, and this may be boring to some people, but I've been listening to The Daily and it's just about like 20 to 25 minute little clips of what's going on in the news know, daily, um, which is That's great. good. I'm always looking for ways to stay more informed. Yeah, I really like, like that one a lot. Sized ways. And it's bite-sized. So it's really quick and it kind of just keeps you updated on everything really important going on that you need to know. I cool. Like a lot. Yeah. Oh, so those are amazing. So <laughs> Courtney, if you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to answer this with two parts. One, I would love to say black just because black goes with everything. <laughs> She's also wearing black from head I'm to in toe. All black. <laughs> um, it is definitely one of my favorite colors, but I don't think that it represents my energy because black is more of kind of, it can be kind of a dark energy. So, you know, I would go with gold. I feel Ooh. very like sparkly and I, I at least like to hope that I put out a very good, happy, warm vibe. You do. You put out such <laughs> yeah. a warm vibe. And gold is an interesting one because gold is like the rays of the sun yeah. and it's also effervescent. It's like sparkly. And you do have a sparkly, bubbly personality. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> so love that. Thank you. <laughs> so now, now that we know what you like to do, I think it'll be really interesting for everyone to hear what you do do, especially on a daily basis, given the fact that you are a holistic nutritionist, you travel with Tovlo, you live, as we were just talking about, 
part-time on a tour bus. And that's so interesting. So what it, what do you do? What is a day in the life? Yeah. So um, as you'd mentioned, I, I tour with artist Tovlo and that entails that wherever she goes, I go. So recently we uh, embarked on, I would essentially call it a world tour. We, we started in Europe and then we flew to South America, been to Australia, and then we went back to Europe. And this is all in the span of like five months. So yeah, so as far as my day-to-day goes, I am there not only to make sure that she stays healthy and happy, but I also kind of act as a third hand for her because she's so busy between interviews and, you know, sometimes we're flying every other day and she has shows to play. And so as well as helping her with her diet, I help her every day with her wardrobe, getting ready in the morning, you know, making sure she has everything before her show. And that entails food too. So I either advanced catering ahead of time, which to be honest, I don't like to do catering unless if we're in Europe because they have a higher quality standard food. Um, so here in the U.S., depending on where we are, I'll seek out you know good, healthy, organic restaurants, get a menu, find out what everyone, her and then our whole crew wants, and then we'll send somebody to go pick up food. And we'll do that for lunch and dinner. And then generally I'll run in the morning before for breakfast and get us you know green juice and a smoothie or some sort of chia pudding, something healthy to fuel our day. That's so cool. So essentially you're like a nutritionist version of a personal assistant. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah. So I've always wondered this. Have you guys become like super close friends because you're together all the time? Yeah. It's really cool. I tell people this all the time. I absolutely adore working with her because it doesn't feel like I'm working for a boss. It feels like I'm working with my best friend. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, and it's cool because she makes me feel very appreciated. I just adore her. I, I love the relationship that we have and it makes me want to work harder for her because I, I genuinely care about her and I want her to do well and I want to see her do well. And so it's, it's fun for me. <laughs> that's such a good back and forth. I feel like that's so important when it comes to the relationship between a boss and an employee or a boss and an assistant or nutritionist or whatever it is. I think without that personal element, especially in this alternative industry that we're in and also that she's in, because I'm sure in some senses, people listening might say, well, that sounds kind of unprofessional if you're like in a corporation and your CEO is like your best friend or whatever, but that's kind of the only situation I would ever want to be in. I agree. Well, especially you think about too, the situation that we're in is very unique in the sense that we basically live on top of each other 24 seven. So you, you have to love the people you travel with because if you don't have a good relationship with them, you're going to be miserable, you know? Right. And you literally do. Don't you guys live in like bunk beds (laughs) pretty much on the tour bus? Yeah, I was actually, so we were talking about this before we started recording. um, And I was just saying, depending on the situation of the tour, we're either in our own hotel rooms, which is more often right now than not, but we're about to embark on a a fall tour and we're going to be in a tour bus, which means that there are 12 of us on a bus. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of people. Which is, if you can picture, it's, it's like a Greyhound bus, but then the inside has, you know, a kitchen and we have 12 bunks, but we're all kind of stacked up on top of each other. And I mean, I love it because like I was saying earlier, it reminds me of summer camp, you know, and, and when in your adult life do you get to have a slumber party with 11 of your best friends? Never, <laughs> never. <fun>. Maybe like <laughs> a bachelorette party or something would be yeah. the only time. And even then, like one night of that is enough for me. So you've found what works for you, which I love. So would you consider yourself an extrovert? You know, 
I was listening to a podcast recently and I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to mess this up because I don't remember the word for it, but I feel like I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, that's that the, that is is that the word. Yeah, okay. or that's the phrase. And that's, and you're an introverted extrovert. Yes. Yes, okay. So where I need a lot of alone time to kind of recharge my battery. And I do have times where if I don't give myself that and I force myself to go out, I feel very uncomfortable in social situations. And it's not, it's just sometimes because I feel like I need to get in tune with myself before I can go out and and be more social. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, to be honest, some of it's dependent on the day too. I'll wake up some days and feeling, you know, just feel like, oh man, like I'm feeling so social today and I want to go out and see all my friends and everything. And then I have other days where I'm just like, you know what? I just like, don't really feel like talking today. I don't want to see anyone. And it's not against anyone. It's just like my time to recharge my battery. Yes. So you might actually be an extroverted introvert. Is that what it is? Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure. It depends on which one recharges you the most, but that's what I am. I'm an extroverted introvert where people think that I'm an extrovert and I love to be around people and I'm super social and I have those days too where I just want to hang out with everybody and see everybody. And then I have days where I have to be alone and I have to recharge, but ultimately I don't get energy from social situations, I get energy from alone time. And then I can like charge up enough to go out and like be social and have all of that, but it doesn't give me energy. Yeah. You know, what's interesting though. I think I really flip flop back and forth because I do have days where I really do get energy from social interaction. Like I was saying in the beginning, you know, I've, I've started to realize just how important my friendships really are in my life and having really close friends. And so from those friendships, I do get energy, but then there are other days where they, you know, just social interacting in general, just completely drains my battery. And I'm like, I gotta go home. I gotta right. like, go be well, by that's myself. Good. You know yourself. I think a healthy mix of both is, is the way to be for sure. And I definitely have that experience. Cause I think it also depends on the person. If you're really close to somebody and the people who you travel with, who you're obviously really close to because you're with them all the time, it doesn't take the same kind of energy to be around them all the time. Cause you're with them all the time. But if you're just seeing someone that you don't see very often or someone that you've never met before, that's a totally different type of energy that takes, I think, a lot more, a lot more, for me at least, like alone time beforehand to charge up. I agree. I'm the same way. And you know, and that's one thing that I love so much about the crew that we travel with is that we're all very good at knowing each other's boundaries because we know each other so well now. And any day, you know, that somebody's kind of having an off day, we can literally be like, hey, you know what? I love you so much, but like I need alone time right now. And we're so respectful of that and not, nobody gets like butt hurt about it. You know, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like you're just having a day. Like we'll see you later. Yeah, that's good. I think that you have to have that when you're traveling with people. So how long have you been traveling with this particular crew? So it has been two years now, actually, almost to the date. I started with her two years ago in August. So was it two years ago that you and I were like hanging out when you lived here or were you already on tour with Toblo? So I actually started touring with her when I was living in Nashville. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I had started with her in August and then I had moved the following 
I think it was like April when I moved here. And we met pretty soon after I, I moved here. Yeah. I hadn't lived, I think I'd lived here a couple months at that point. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I was going to say, if that was two years ago, that's crazy. and then you have to go on tour, then time has gone really fast. Yeah, no, I think it's been about a year since you and I have met. I think, right? Yeah. Or more. Maybe, well, no, it's ha- it had to have been more than that. Because it was definitely before last August. Yeah. Where did we even meet? Or did we just meet? We, I remember. We, you came to Orange Theory. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, so fun. That was so fun. And then fun. we started hanging out. And that was the day that I met Jonathan yeah. too. Yeah. Oh my God. So Courtney cute. came to Orange Theory and she met Jonathan back before Jonathan and I were together. And I remember you saying like, there's a chemistry between you guys and you should date. And funny enough, that is what everybody said to us for for two and a half years and then we finally caught up to speed I actually like thought you guys were dating initially and then you kept saying like oh yeah my friend he's my best friend or whatever and I was like oh well I was like there's definitely something there though yeah I remember that I remember that vibe we were at Whole Foods the three of us sitting outside whoa there goes my phone whatever um we were sitting outside and I remember I remember the vibe and I remember thinking she definitely thinks we're dating I'm cool with that He's the best. Yeah. So speaking of dating life, what is dating life for someone who's on the road 90% of the year? You know, I'm going to be really honest with you. It's very, very tough. I, the most successful boyfriends that I've had in, in this whole time of my life that I've been traveling were guys that also did the same thing. But it also makes it very hard because then you see each other even less because um, my ex-boyfriend was a traveling musician and basically anytime that I would be home, he would be on the road. And then anytime he would be home, I would be on the road. And, you know, it is very hard to coordinate that, but it was also way easier dating somebody that knew, that understood my lifestyle. Cause that's another struggle on top of being gone all the time. It's very hard for somebody who doesn't do it themselves to really understand your lifestyle especially because, you know, I'm, I'm gone so much and they, you know, and, and the perception is, oh, well, you know, it's a party and and you're just like hanging out with your friends all the time. And actually it's really hard work. And there's days where I'm working like 12 hour days and I can't really check my phone and I can't really, you know, call anyone and get on the phone. And and it's very hard for a lot of people to understand that. Yeah. I can imagine that it would take someone who really understands that lifestyle to, to respect to what you do because like you said a lot of people think it's just a party and what a dream you get to travel with this famous artist and yes it is cool but it's also a lot of work and kind of just like blogging which is your other job yeah (laughs) so Courtney is a jack of many trades you have a blog Real Foodology and when did you start Real Foodology? So I started Real Foodology in 2011 actually. What? Yeah. That's so long ago. It was a long time ago but you know early for blogging just so everyone listening knows I would say anything before like 2012, 2013 was very early for blogs. Like people didn't didn't really, it wasn't like everyone and their mom had a blog at that time. Yeah, at the time it, it was, I remember being one of the only people that I even knew that was blogging. You know, and I have to preface this by saying I wasn't very aggressive with it at the beginning. It was more just kind of like a hobby, you know, and I feel like that's how most people started, start out with it. Um, it was just kind of, you know, when I had time, you know, and something I was really passionate about, I would write about and this and that. And then it wasn't until I would say about like two and a half years ago that I really started aggressively pursuing it as more of a career type situation. 
and it's grown so much and it's like totally taken off. Everyone should check out her Instagram and her website and her food photos are beautiful, especially food photos traveling on the road. I just, I love looking at your account because I love to see what do people do in these situations? Because I don't travel nearly as much as you, but I'm gone a lot also. And it can be so hard. And I love, I just love the travel options that you come up with. I'm always seeing like chia puddings and salads that actually look good that are not like the disgusting salads that you just find in an airport. Yeah. Well, I have to say it takes a lot of planning ahead, but it's worth it. Yeah. Well, that's part of your job. So that's why it's like the perfect job for you because it's what you would probably do anyway for your personal preferences. Exactly. So I know so many people who listen to this podcast are extremely interested in becoming what you are, um, a holistic nutritionist type of path. And I'm always seeing in the Facebook group, which I love that you've been responding to people's questions and stuff. (laughs) Courtney is like an, an official expert in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe Facebook group because she can answer a lot of people's questions. And I know people are always asking, and I saw you've written articles about this too. Like what is a legit path for a holistic nutritionist? People who don't want to go the typical registered dietitian route, which I'm pretty sure is funded by the like big food industry or Yeah. I mean, well, one of their main sponsors every year is Coca-Cola. So okay, right. I mean if that doesn't give you an indication yeah, so of where they're at. That. And then there's <laughs> like all the traditional Western medicine and everything, which of course, like we were just saying, is necessary sometimes. I just had to get on a rigorous dose of antibiotics or else I would still be super sick. Yeah, so you have to sometimes what is a legit path for someone who's really interested in as you do being within the organic food movement and being really smart about all of this and also becoming a nutritionist and helping people. Like, tell us your whole journey. Okay. So I actually, I do want to preface this by saying it's not my intention to trash talk RDs. And I actually think it's a, a, an amazing credential if you do it. My biggest thing with the RD credential is that when I... So when I, I quit touring... Um, so let me let me back up just a tiny bit. So I got my communi- I got a communications degree from University of Colorado and then I immediately started touring. And at the time I was not doing what I'm doing now. I was just I was working as a band tour manager. And through the years, as I was, you know, getting very, very into health and wellness, I decided I wanted to stop doing that and I wanted to pursue nutrition as a career. And at the time, the only options that I could really find were either, you know, just some sort of online certification or you had to go the RD route. So I started on that, actually, because I had a communications degree. I didn't have any of the science background. So I had to go back and do chemistry one, chemistry two, biochem, like all of that just to apply for the RD master's program. And that so that was fine. So I did all that, and then as I was doing that, I was slowly starting to take other classes that were integrating me into the master's program. And the thing that really turned me off about it was, you know, how we were saying earlier, RD association is very very influenced by big food. And to me, that was my biggest turning point when I started realizing that. And then just all of the classes that I was taking, I mean, they were, we were being taught very old uh, nutrition concepts. So for example, I mean, in all my nutri- nutrition classes that I was taking when I was on that path, we're still promoting a low fat diet. And I was sitting through all these classes, pulling my hair out going like, this is outdated research. Like we are still being taught these things that were, that have since been proven wrong. 
And so for me, it was such a huge turnoff. And (laughs) despite my parents' best efforts to try to keep me on that path, I just, I finally was like, I've had it. I don't want to be an RD because of this. And I also want to say, if you want to be an RD, that's great because you can, you can get those credentials and then you can do whatever you want. So if that's your path and that's what you want to do, that is amazing. And I fully support it. It just did not in line with me and my beliefs. I love that. I'll just say really quick before you continue with the rest of your journey. I love that because everything, everyone's looking for something different. And that's, I always get questions like that too about like what type of path should people take as bloggers or yoga teachers or nutritionists or anything in this world that we're a part of. And we can't answer that question for anybody. So I love that you say that you realized it didn't work for you. And then you pursued what did work for you, which is... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up taking a year off because... Um, and I've, I've written a blog post about this. It was very... It's very difficult to find something um, that's not the RD route, but that is also very well-respected. Um, because I knew that I wanted, I wanted something deep rooted in science because that's never going to change, you know, the, our biochemical makeup and how, you know, our, our biology is never going to change. So I wanted something that was very rooted in science, but I also wanted it to have a holistic integrative approach because I, I really believe that that is where we're going to find true health because you, you want both, you want science, but then you also want, you want to look at the body as a whole an integrative approach. So I spent a year researching and trying to figure out the best way. And I found, and you can actually find this on my blog under education. I found a few master's programs that gave me exactly what I wanted. They were offering it. And I ended up going with Maryland University of Integrative Health, which I love. I actually just finished like two weeks ago, which is insane. Congratulations. That's <laughs> Thank amazing. You. I'm so, I'm just so happy to be done. Yeah, that is because oh, it was a lot feeling for sure. Yeah, I mean, amazing. on top of all of the other things that you do. Yeah, I was having to do that on top of blogging and on top of traveling. And obviously I loved what I was studying, but I just hit a point where I was like, ah, this is too much. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And so I, I, I personally love that program because I could do it online. They have a campus, but I could do it online. So I could do it while I was traveling. And it was very heavy in science. So I learned, you know, everything, normal nutrition concepts and biology and everything that you want to learn. But then we also had a very updated and integrative approach to everything, which was really, it was exactly what I was looking for. So cool. So how long was that program? So you can do it in two years, but I did it in three just because of my crazy schedule. I I could only take on so many classes at a time. That's nice. I like that. That's such a practical way to go about it. I always dive into things full force and then I look back like I could have split this up a little bit more. Yeah. So. Well, oh, and I want to say one more thing too. So from there, so I have my master's in nutrition now, and then there's a couple of different certifications that you can get. The two that I'm seeking out are CCN and CNS. And a CNS is a certified nutrition specialist. And then a CCN is a certified clinical nutritionist. And both of those, you have to take a board certified exam. And then from there, um, it depends on the laws in your state and they're different. They vary from state to state, but, um, yeah. So you have to obviously look into that and see how you can practice, but they're essentially certified holistic, you know, integrative nutritionists. So, so cool. So everybody listening, you can check out her site, Real Foodology, go to the education tab. I was looking at that this morning before you got there and it's really easy to navigate, which I have to give you props because it's so hard to make a website and a blog easy to navigate these days because 
there's lots of different things, you know, there's the education, there's the blog, there's recipes, there's about, there's work with me, there's everything. So yeah, there's a lot. Courtney's is, is great. <laughs> It's beautiful. I was like crying on my computer, like contacting support the other day. So I'm just like, ah, like how do I fix this? It's it's tough, but it looks really good. It looks really, really good. Wait, I want to also ask you, where are you from originally? I know this, but I'm trying to remember. So I was born in San Antonio, Texas, but I grew up back and forth between Texas and Colorado, a little town called Telluride. Yes, Telluride. I've always wanted to go there. I would love to take you sometime. Let's It'd go. Be so fun. Seriously. Let me know when you're going to be there, and I would love to plan a trip. I would seriously love that. We it's my favorite fun. place to take people. Oh my gosh! I just fell. I've fallen in love with every photo I've seen. It looks beautiful. I ask because as I listen to you talk, I love the twinge of like southern yeah. in your accent, and and you lived in Nashville for a while. Yeah, I was only there for a year, but it probably rubbed off on me a little yeah. bit. And then you went to college in Colorado. Okay, I'm putting yeah. it all together. You've yeah, you've been in a lot of places. I have. I've moved a lot in the last like ten years. What's been some of what's been like your favorite? You know, I would say Colorado is is my favorite. I really I love living in the mountains. And, you know, even when it's snowy and cold in the in the winter, the sun still comes out, which is really nice. So it's not like completely dreary. I will say my least favorite place that I lived is a toss-up between Atlanta and Nashville. I'm so sorry if you're listening and you love those cities. I respect that, but it was not for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just Interesting. I was not very happy there. So, Oh, I'll have to talk to you about Nashville because I'm I'm most likely going to be spending some time there next oh, year. Oh, really? For a, for a shaman program. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, I would love to know what you liked, what you didn't like about Nashville. Well, I have some great friends there that I can connect you with. And also, there's great food there, too. So... Okay. I'll give you a list. Okay, good. I'm glad that I can that I can get the deets <laughs> from you. Oh yeah, everyone, just so you know, Courtney's recovering from being sick and I get that because this is one of my first few days of feeling better and I don't even feel all the way better. So I'm with you and you're such a <laughs> boss for coming here. So as far as the big food industry, you talked about it a little bit and I know you're really passionate about speaking out against all of the lies, which I love. I learned so much from things that you write on Instagram and your website and Facebook and everywhere else. So what are some of your biggest issues with the food industry right now? And what are some of the things that you really wish people knew? Ooh, that's really good. Well, I guess the biggest thing for me is that there's this conception that these big food companies have your health in mind. And the problem is, and, you know, I, I don't want to just make a blanket statement and say that, you know, every food company only has their bottom line in mind. It's absolutely not true. But with these larger corporations, they're not concerned about the healthfulness of their food. They're concerned about their bottom line. And that's why when, you know, you go to the grocery store and you pick up, say, a box of cereal and it's loaded with fillers and preservatives those serve no other function than to be able to sit on a shelf for months at a time without going bad. That, I mean, that, there's no other way to put that. And so for me, I'm, I'm a huge advocate in speaking out about that because I just really believe that we need to get back to eating real food. And that means, you know, less packages, real, just real whole food versus going to the grocery store and buying all these packaged foods and, you know, attempting to make a meal out of that. <laughs> So I would say that is my my biggest pet peeve with the food industry in general is that people need to realize that it's not about your health so much as about their money. 
Yes. I saw something really interesting that you wrote a few weeks ago with that documentary, What the Health, that came out. And I've heard so many interesting opinions about What the Health. I watched like two thirds of it and I just couldn't finish it. Just eh, it was it wasn't my jam exactly. But can you tell us what you think about What the Health? Oh man, my blood is like already starting to boil just thinking I know, about it. I know. That I have to tell you, I was running on the treadmill when I was watching that. So I will take my iPad to the gym and run on the treadmill and like catch up on TV shows or, you know, documentaries or whatever. And I started watching that. I almost fell off the treadmill at one point watching Probably it. Probably motivation to <laughs> run, so to sprint your ass off. It was actually true. It was like my anger was like motivating my yeah. run. I actually had I an like amazing run. I like when I'm angry to run. It's like, it's, it's, Gives me motivation. Yeah. And you know what? I have to say, my anger doesn't come from the vegan side of it. That's completely fine. I mean, that's a whole nother topic for another day and my feelings about that. But my thing was that, well, one, they were trying to um, limit the demonization of sugar. And that to me was my number one biggest thing with that is that there was a doctor that point blank said, you don't have to worry about sugar. That was weird. Oh my God. That was weird. And I, if I didn't have so much personal experience with sugar and knowing how much it doesn't work for me, I feel like I would have been like, yes, I can eat sugar again. Exactly. That's what was so misleading about it. And oh, just that made me so angry. And you know, and it's, it's upsetting because it, all the information there was coming from these doctors that should know better and and then there was well what was another thing and then they were promoting a low fat diet which i mentioned earlier the science behind that has completely been debunked and without fat we don't have you know better brain function and we don't have satiety which is you know saying full for longer and you know and actually there was a vegan recently this this article is going viral right now there was a vegan that wrote out against the What the Health documentary as well and her opinions about it. Oh, we'll have to find that and put it in the show notes so people can look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and I'm trying, I, I wish I could remember more of the points that she made, but I would just look it up um, because she, it was really interesting to see her perspective. She basically was like, I'm a vegan and I hate this film because it's just perpetuating all these lies. And I think it was one of the things that she said was that, you know, so they had so much misinformation in that, so much misleading, for example, the the low fat, and they were basing all of their arguments on science that has now been proven to be wrong. And so her thing was, you know, we want people to believe us as vegans when we say certain things. And so when they have this whole documentary that's just flooded with all of this misinformation, then they're going to think, okay, well, then are they lying about everything about veganism? And that was the biggest thing for her that was really tough. And I agree. I agree. I remember being vegan and getting so frustrated with the... Militant, yeah, Yeah. militant, rageful vegan community because it just made the whole entire community look so bad. And so, when I was a plant based vegan, I would always try to say, actually, eat however you want. And of course, that was controversial in itself. And I was just choosing to be vegan for my own body at that time. But it's so, it sucks when somebody who's in your community, especially if it's already a controversial community, something that people often look down upon and hate on, it sucks when somebody perpetuates that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fighting with people and arguing and and being mean is not the way to get them to believe your side. No, no. So I know I totally agree. And that's so frustrating. So you don't believe in diets, which I I love. (laughs) And 
because of that, I'm curious, what is your approach to food? If you could describe it. Yeah. So I always tell people, I don't believe in diets. I just believe in real food. And you know, I, I believe in, like I said, less packaged food. And, and I'm not here to say that I don't eat anything that doesn't come in packages, but I'm very aware of the, the ingredients in the food that do come in packages. I, you know, I make sure there's no fillers and no preservatives. And so my, my approach to diet is really, I will pretty much eat anything that I want as long as it's real food. Um, I'm pretty strict about organic and obviously I travel a lot, so I can't, I can't be crazy strict about it when I'm traveling and that's just the reality of it. But I try to be as mindful of it as I possibly can. And my approach is, well, in every meal, and actually, you know, it's so interesting. Our friend Kelly Levesque talks about this all the time. And this is something that I do as well when I'm building my meals. She talks about this Fab Four, I think. Yeah, the Fab Four. Yeah, so I have a similar approach to that where every meal I make sure that I have some sort of protein, some sort of good fat, some sort of vegetable, whether that be leafy greens or, you know, cauliflower, what, any, any kind of vegetable, and then some sort of fiber, whether that be quinoa or, you know, some sort of fibrous vegetable, whatever that may be. So that's my approach to building a meal. I like that. I try to do that too. This morning I had a tonic, I would call it, that was like mushroom coffee, vital proteins, collagen, chia seeds, coconut milk. And that was almost fab four, but I didn't have a vegetable. Because I don't think that would taste very good. Um, you know, you could throw like spinach in there. But. I thought about it. Yeah, because it would be like a smoothie. Yeah. True. I could always do that next time and be fully fab four. I love that. <laughs> so when you are home, what does a day in the life look like? Like in your ideal world, if you had more free time and more time at home, what would you spend your day doing? Oh, I like this question. Um, let's see. So I love to get my workouts done in the morning. So my ideal morning would be I would get up, you know, have my matcha because I gave that up for co- or I gave up my coffee for matcha. Go to a Pilates class. I love Pilates. <laughs> so Where do you I'm like home. going? My favorite is this place called Pilates Plus in Silver Lake. It's a reformer type workout and I I just love it. It's like genuinely I love fun Pilates for me. Too. Yeah, it's very it's really fun for me. So um I would get a workout in and then, you know, go to lunch with a friend and catch up. And then in the afternoon, some sort of work, whether that be, uh, you know, working on a blog post that I'm working on, or I mean, even just catching up on emails, which I know that sounds silly, but I just feel so much better when it's clean, when my inbox is cleaned out. Um, so something productive for the day, some emails or, you know, working on my website, whatever that is. And then, you know, either cooking dinner with friends at night, actually. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm home in LA is I have a really close girlfriend, my friend Melanie, and people probably know who she is now because I literally tag her on like a weekly basis when I'm home. We have a really close friend group and we always go to her house Sunday nights and Monday nights for Game of Thrones and then Bachelor in Paradise. So fun. It's so fun. And I will go over there early and she and I will cook dinner together. And, you know, then all of our friends come over and we have a glass of wine and we all eat together and then catch up on our favorite TV show. And that to me is my idea of my favorite night. That sounds like the best day ever. (laughs) That's amazing. So when did you give up coffee? Ooh. So I, (laughs) this is like a love hate thing with me and it's kind of like an in and out. I usually give it up for a long period of time and then it will slowly creep back in. And then I'm like, ah, I need to stop this. And then I'll completely cut it out again. That's what I do too. Oh my gosh. Well, because it's very deceiving for me. So 
coffee for me, if I have it consistently on an everyday basis, the buildup for me is what starts leading to anxiety and just like overall, it starts making me not feel that great. And, but when I completely cut it out and then I'll have, you know, one coffee maybe once a week or, you know, once every two weeks, I feel great. But then I take that in my head is, oh, I felt great yesterday. So I can have one today. Me too. What is that mentality? (laughs) Same thing. It's so bad. And I know too, when I'm getting myself into it. In fact, it's so funny. I made a mental note to myself last night. I was like, Courtney, do not drink coffee this morning before the podcast because you're going to be too like anxious and hyped up. Yeah. So I'm glad that I didn't this morning. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't either this morning, mainly because I didn't have any here. But I had mushroom coffee instead for Sigmatic, which I really like. And I don't know why I don't just always do that because yeah. it fills the craving for me or like that part of my routine because it's coffee. It's a little bit of coffee, yep. but like really, really low it's amount. a really small amount. And then, yeah, I mix it, like I said, with all that other stuff. And then I feel balanced and yeah. even, even energy. I don't know why I like, I think, I, well, I know I have a coffee addiction. Me too. I just love the taste Me so too. much. And it's so fun. And Ugh. I just love, I wake up looking forward to it. Me too. So I feel like you kind of just have to find something to replace it with. Yeah. You know, and actually I will say this will be helpful for other people that can't drink coffee. I found this drink called Dandy Blend and it's, I think it's just ground up dandelion leaves. I don't really, I think they roast them and then they ground them up, but I buy it at Lassen's. You can also buy it on Amazon and it, it, to me at least, it tastes very similar to espresso. So when I have days where I'm just really craving coffee and I'm just like, man, I really shouldn't have it. I will drink that Dandy Blend and it really does like suppress the craving. Does it have caffeine? No, it doesn't. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'll make lattes with it. I'll do like, you know, the adaptogenic lattes. And um, and to me, at least it tastes like I'm drinking coffee. Ooh. I will say too, I love that you brought up that mushroom coffee because I am obsessed with Isn't that. Isn't it good? Yes. It's my favorite thing in the whole world it's because so they good. have so many options. Yeah. Like I love just the regular Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee, but I also love their chaga blend. I love their lion's mane blend. And there's just something about it. It's like a very gritty is not the word, but like texture. Yeah, it I know what texture you mean. to it, which yeah. I like. Oh, that's such a good point. I never really yeah. thought about that. It is. I'm a it's huge really fan. Good. In fact, I think I added way too much to my drink this morning. And that's okay because it doesn't have that much caffeine. But it was just a super strong taste. I was You're like, like mm, <laughs> that wasn't one teaspoon. That was like <laughs> 10 times that. But that's me. That's party. just me. Exactly. <laughs> so... In terms of gut health, I know this is another thing that you're very passionate about. Yes. So what are some gut health tips, especially for people like me who just killed their good gut bacteria with an antibiotic and I have gut health problems to begin with. I have a candida rash, as I just showed you. You were kind enough to look at it. It's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, you know what? So, it happens though. Yes. Tell us. Gut Part health of my tips. job is looking at the gross mm-hmm. things and being like, oh, you'll be fine. Exactly. So number one would be probiotic. And especially after, so in your case, after taking a round of antibiotics, I would double your normal probiotic. Like I would, I mean, honestly, I would take a hundred billion a day. And at least right now just to build up. What probiotic do you like? I really, there's a new brand that I just found. Well, it's not, it's new to me called yeah. Silver Fern. That's what I have. Yeah, yeah I that's what really, I have here. really like them a lot. So I like that one. And then, you know, also at Whole Foods, um, you can pick up Garden of Life, which I really like their doctor formulated ones a lot. I'm trying to think of other accessible ones. I feel like 
Yeah, I would say Silver Fern or Garden of Life are my favorites. So probiotics, really good for building up your good gut bacteria. And let's see, you want to eat fermented foods because those help build up your good gut bacteria and they will feed the good bacteria. And I mean, that's kimchi, sauerkraut. There's actually this company, Farmhouse Culture, that sells these gut shots that I'm obsessed with. Have you tried those? No. They are so good. So they're essentially, I think really what they're doing is just bottling up the juice from their kimchi and kraut. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it comes in a glass bottle. And what I do is just serve out like two ounces every morning and I take a shot of it and it's so good. And they have all these different flavors. They have a dill pickle one, which if you're a weirdo like me that would drink the pickle juice... I love I love salty, oh, so I would like that. Me too. It satisfies that craving. Um, and then they have a kimchi flavored one and they have a smoked jalapeno one. Anyways, I don't want to sound like an ad, but I really love it. <laughs> no, you <laughs> don't. You don't. This is it's really good. super interesting information. <laughs> oh, good. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the main things. You just, you want to eat food that are going to, that are going to feed your good gut bacteria. And then obviously the probiotic will... Um, we'll also do that as well. Uh, kombucha is another really good one. I love drinking yes, kombuchas. Love kombucha yes. so much. Amazing. Okay, so now we are going to lead into the rapid fire questions. So this is, I don't want to say the first time I've done rapid fire on this podcast, but it's probably the first time I've ever planned it and written the questions ahead of time. <laughs> so this is really fun. And you're the first. Ooh, fun. Okay. Yes, and everybody listening knows that because if you listen to this podcast, then you're probably like, Whoa, something new. (laughs) So, chocolate or vanilla? Ooh, oh, I would say chocolate. Well, actually, okay, sorry. I want to say it depends on what it is. Ice cream, vanilla, chocolate in pretty much any other scenario. Really? Vanilla ice cream? No, I'm a a vanilla girl when it comes to ice cream. Yeah, I get that. Do you put toppings on it? Yes, chocolate chips on there for sure. So that's where the chocolate comes in. Exactly. (laughs) Vanilla is a good, vanilla ice cream is a good vehicle for toppings. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Home or traveling? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say traveling. I really like it. That makes sense with your lifestyle. Yeah. Favorite 90s jam? Oh, man. You know, I would say a Backstreet Boys song, but I can't think of a name of one that I love. Neither can I, but Backstreet Boys rocks. I'm like, what are the names of those songs? Just all of them? Yeah, Backstreet Boys and Backstreet Boys in general. Okay, cool. Yeah, and NSYNC, we love those too. So if you could only choose one wellness tip to implement into your own life every day, what would it be? Ooh, you know, I would say don't be so strict. I think that would be my number one wellness trait. And I feel like I have to explain that a little bit. Obviously, health is the goal here, but your mental health also plays a role. And if you're just completely restricting yourself, you're going to go crazy. So you want to find that balance, that sweet spot of giving into what you love, but also not completely going overboard with it, if that makes sense. Yes. Balance. Yes. I, I love it. So if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be? Oh, I would be a wolf. A wolf? Yeah. Tell us why. Because, you know, so wolves are my favorite animal and maybe partially because I love dogs so much and I find wolves very majestic and beautiful, but I also love the way that they live their lives. They live in packs, so they, you know, they're very like social animals and they're very protective of the ones that they love. And also people actually don't know this, but I mean, unless if you're literally like their prey, they're pretty sweet animals too. 
So I, I don't know. I just really like wolves yeah, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. I could see you as a wolf. Ooh, thank you. That's such a compliment. <laughs> yes, I can totally see it. What's your favorite tattoo that you have? So people listening, Courtney has a lot of tattoos. How many? <laughs> I have, uh, I think I'm on eight. Okay, so what's your fave? I would say my feathers. So this is actually a very personal thing, so I won't get too deep into it, but it's also something that I love to talk about, so it's fine. Um, I have two feathers on my arm because I have lost both my brother and my sister at different times, actually. And the story behind that is when we lost my little sister, I was eight. My mom started seeing feathers literally everywhere, everywhere. Like it was to the point where it was kind of nuts. And so she started seeing that as just like a sign of, I, to be honest, I don't even remember my mom's whole like feeling behind it. But so feathers became her thing. And then when we lost my brother, it was the same kind of thing. And so I got this tattoo for my mom, but also I got two of them just to symbolize my brother and my sister that I lost. Oh my gosh, so. that's so beautiful. Thank you. I believe I love them. <laughs> very much in signs, signs from beyond. And feathers are such a beautiful one, such a good one. In fact, I should really connect you with one of the mediums that I talk to. Oh, I would love that. Have you ever spoken to a medium? No, oh, I would love to. Oh my gosh. Okay, you have to. <gasps> okay, let's do oh, this. I have full body chills now. Ooh, so we have a lot too. to catch up on once the recording is done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like... I don't want to totally manipulate your rapid fire questions, but <laughs> I've gotten super into mediums and actually strengthening my own intuition to oh, be cool. a little psychic. So we can try something after I this. I would love that. Let's do yeah. it. And I'm Sounds big fun. into signs. Yeah. Do me you too. see feathers everywhere? You know, I don't see them as often as my mom does, but when I do see them, I feel like it's very funny because they will be very prominently placed in front of me. Where to the point where I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But I don't seem as much as my mom does. Do you have other signs? You know, I don't. I did for a while. Actually, this is kind of funny. I used to work for this band called 303. And for a long time. I know that band. Yeah. So they were the first band I ever worked for. And I, for the longest time, would see the number 303 everywhere I went. And I know you have a number like that 201. too. Yeah, but it doesn't happen to me anymore. But it was like anytime I would look at the phone or at the clock, it would be on 303. And I would get hotel rooms all the time that were 303. I would end up at houses with like the number 303. It was so bizarre. Yeah. But I, it doesn't happen to me anymore. I think it was more just when I was working with them. Yeah. Well, it was probably like a sign that you were on the right path to be working with them. Yeah. And also double numbers like that, like two threes are angel numbers. So oh, like kind of a that. message from your spirit guides oh, or from cool. your siblings. Oh, really cool. I love that. Really cool. So the one item in your pantry that you can't live without. Ooh, this is a really hard one. You know, this is going to be kind of basic, but I would say avocado oil. That's not basic. There's so many things you can do with that. Yeah, because out of everything, I mean, I literally use that. Or actually, wait, does it have to be a food item? Because otherwise, then I would change my... It doesn't have to be. I would say my Vitamix then. Oh, yeah. I that literally could not live easy. without that thing. Yes, yeah, totally. And what are some of your favorite things to do with avocado oil? Fry an egg. Um, I mean, I use it for everything. I use it to, to roast chicken, roast anything, roast veggies, cook. Um, and then you can also put it on salads for salad dressing. You can put it on pasta. I mean, you can literally use it for everything. Yeah, and that's I do. very versatile. That was a smart answer. And Vitamix, <laughs> even better. Yes. What is the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. Think laugh, of just one. like thinking about it. So I recently was on a plane 
Um, we were flying to a festival, I think. I was with Tove. And I had my bag on the floor and I was digging through it and I was looking for, so I have this like smaller little zipper bag that I keep in my carry-on and I keep snack bars in it. And then I also happen to have tampons in it. And I have to preface this because it will give you more of a vision for the story. I have the little tampons without the applicators. So they're just like tiny little like nubs for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's what they are. And so I go to pull out this little bag because I wanted to get a snack out of there. It dumps all of the contents of my bag, not in my bag, but on the floor of the plane. And mind you, this is like when we're descending. (laughs) So I have this like pile of tampons around my leg and I look around and there's literally, it's all guys around me. And, and let me just tell you, I don't really give an F about that. I'm not embarrassed. But the funniest thing to me was that all of a sudden we're descending and all the tampons just started rolling down the aisle. And so I was just like, well, there we go. So, oh my God, that is so funny. So I couldn't even pick them all up in time. And I was just like, okay, well, at least I'm not embarrassed by this. And I I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing so hard. I had tears in my eyes because I just thought it was like the funniest thing ever. Were the guys like, what are those? It was so funny because no, nobody would make eye contact with me. Like I saw one guy look down and realize and he immediately was just like, Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh my oh God. God. And he was like way more embarrassed than I was, which I think is hilarious, but it was just... That is the <laughs> best thing ever. Those plane situations when things roll out of your bag and like roll around are just the funniest <laughs> yeah. things. I've had some like, well, interesting ones as well. Yeah. How funny. So I'm glad you thought of one. Um, <laughs> what, what inspires you? I would say my... F- Well, my friends really inspire me the most. Food inspires me. And I don't know if I know how to like really put this into words eloquently, but my, my desire to, to help other people, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a huge inspiration. Yeah. And it's, it just comes from a place of, I feel like we can all learn things from each other and everybody is per se an expert in something. And I really feel like I was put, I really feel like I was put on this earth to expose um, the dirty practices of our food industry. And I'm very, very passionate about it. And I'm passionate about it because I feel like so many people are in the dark about it. And that's really what inspires me because I feel like it's information that everybody needs to know and not enough people know. Yes. Yeah, that's the best answer ever. And it's (laughs) very much in line with what you do. What would you most like to be known for? Ooh. That. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I I would love to be known for exposing the dirty practices of our food industry and helping people learn how to live their healthiest lives. Love it. Love it. Love it. I I would say, I was going to say, you should really meet... Max from Living Maxwell. Oh yeah, Max I love Goldberg. him. But I noticed that on your site that you were already featured on his site. But you guys, a lot of what you say reminds me so much of each other. That's such a huge compliment. I really appreciate that. I love, you know, it's funny before I really got started in my career, he was, I mean, he still is, but was one of the people that really inspired me that I looked up to. Me too. Yeah. When I first started my blog, he was like one of the, because we both, we lived like blocks from each other in New oh, York. Yeah. Oh, that's so we, cool connected and he's just such an inspiration. He's a huge inspiration and he's really sweet and down to earth. I mean, I remember years ago, 
Yeah, before even, you know, really having any sort of footprint in this career path whatsoever, just reaching out to him being like, I want to do what you're doing. What do I do? And he actually took the time right. to write me back. I and, did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. He's so nice. Yeah, he's really Max. nice. Got to have Max on the podcast. Yeah, you should. I need to. Idea. What are some of your favorite blogs to read? Ooh, obviously I love your blog. I think it's great. I love yours um, too. I love Lee from America, who also tends to be, or tends to be, what am I talking about? <laughs> who is also one of my good friends. Tends to be a friend of yours. <laughs> yeah, tends to be a friend of mine. Um, I love her blog too. Yeah, she has a great blog. Um, you know, I love the Skinny Confidential too. I brought Me her up too. earlier. I just love her. Um, she's just real, which I think is yeah. really important. She writes about a lot of stuff that other people don't write about, like yeah. plastic surgery and you know, like everything that people would find taboo, some things, and she just writes about it. And everything is so on brand for her, like so aesthetically on brand, which I love. Yeah. And, you know, and and to bring back to what you just said, I love that she talks about things that people are too scared to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that has really been inspiring me in my life. And I've it's opened the door for me to talk about things more openly that maybe may be uncomfortable for some people because what I've realized is that there's power in that because then you open the door for it basically for other people to do it as well because you give them the what's the word that I'm looking for not the ability but you give them the uh, I know the word wait I it know. was just in my head and then it left my head the permission permission exactly that is the word that I was looking for um yeah because the more that you are open about stuff then it gives people permission and you know, and you realize like, oh, this actually isn't that scary to talk about. It isn't that bad to talk about either. You know, I mean, for example, I read a post of hers the other day. <laughs> she talks about shaving her face. Oh yeah, I and, love like, that. As a woman, like normally nobody would ever she talks talk about video, that. Snapchat videos of her that. getting her face shaved. And then she talks about the benefits. It's good for anti-aging. Yeah. It's good for your skin. It's so it's cool. It's exfoliating. I love that. I just yeah. love when people are real. You Me know, too. we gotta be real. Yeah, extremely important. Yeah. What is your favorite natural brand right now? Could be food or beauty or whatever. Can I name two? Because I want to do beauty and food. Okay, so beauty. um, I'm on this new, well, new to me, brand Eminence Organics. I'm obsessed with their skincare line. I think it has completely changed my face. All their serums and oils. And I will say it's very expensive, but I've only had to buy it twice this whole year. It lasts forever. Um, I love Eminence. And then food brands. Oh, God. That is such a tough one. I'm going to go with... Okay, I have I have two. I have to name two. Do it. Um, Siete Foods. I'm obsessed with their tortilla chips and their tortillas. I feel like they're completely changing the, gra- the grain-free game. And then I also love Simple Mills. All their baking mixes that they have, their crackers that they make, they're all gluten-free. They're almond flour-based. They taste so freaking delicious. I can't even stand it. I love how versatile they are. They have some, their pizza dough is amazing too. Oh, I need to try that. So good. Need to try. That's so nice that there's finally a couple brands that have good gluten-free tortillas and tortilla chips and crackers. Cause I feel like that's usually the kind of stuff that is still really processed. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love about those two brands is that if you look at their ingredients, they're actually real foods. Like you could technically look at the back of that box and say, okay, I can make this at home. And obviously, you know, you're not going to, and you don't know their technique and everything, but the, the rule of thumb is if you can make it at home, then it's probably safe to buy. Good rule of thumb. I love it. By the way, look at Hudson. 
How painfully cute. Oh, I wish that people could see him right I know, now. That I wish you guys cute. could see. He's laying on the couch. His eyes are, he's totally asleep, but Just he's facing full us. Full sleep mode. I think he was staring at Courtney until he fell asleep. That's my oh, guess. He looks so, so cute. painfully cute. <laughs> so, final two questions. Ooh, hey. This one might be a little hard to answer or maybe not, but what is what are you struggling with the most right now? And it doesn't have to be in like a negative way, but like something that will eventually teach you. Yeah. Okay. Actually, this is something that I brought up to you when I first walked in the door. Basically, you know, I have to be fully honest. I'm a little stressed about how long or how much I'm gone right now. And I have to say, I absolutely love my job. I could not imagine myself doing anything other than what I'm doing right now. I I adore it. But I I don't have a lot of time at home right now. And so usually when I come home, I'll be home for, you know, like a week at a time and then I'll leave again. And it is a little bit stressful and taxing because I, whenever I do come home, I remember and realize how much I love living here and I love my friendships here and I love having a routine at home and not having to live out of a suitcase. So that is something that I'm like struggling with just a little bit. But then I know the second that I leave again, I'm going to be very happy to be back with my tour family. So it's kind of a, a catch 22. Yeah, it's a win-win because I feel like it's so important to love where you come home to no matter how much you're gone. But it's also really important to be happy with where you are most of the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that is tough. That's something that you'll continue to navigate, which yeah, is very absolutely. inspiring. So this is the Soul on Fire podcast, and you've definitely set your soul on fire. So what are your top tips for people who want to seek and pursue their dream job? Ooh, this is a little bit of a shameless plug here, but I wrote a um, an entire article about this on Mind Body Green. And if you just Google um, how I got the gig, Mind Body Green, it'll come up. But such my- a good title. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I actually, I wish I could take credit for that. They actually came up with how I got the gig. They're, but they're good at that. Yeah, they're very good. <laughs> but my top tip would be to immerse yourself in the social environment of where you of where your dream career is. So whether that be nutrition or music or whatever it is, seek out those people. I mean, we talked about this earlier with Max Goldberg when when I first switched over from touring to wanting to work in the wellness world, what I did is I immediately got online and I just started reaching out to all of my the people that I looked up to that were doing the jobs that I wanted to do. And you know, obviously you don't want to take advantage of this or anything, but you know, there's no harm in reaching out and just saying, Hey, I love what you're doing. Can you help me? Like, how did you get started? And that's really, that, that is really what helped me get started. And, you know, and then from there, I naturally made friendships with people in the wellness world. And the more, you know, you, you make friends and you connect with people, then, then other people can introduce you to other people. And you just never know who you're going to end up meeting. And that really is what, what helps you is, you know, meeting the right people. Yeah. That's such a, such a good tip just to be confident, to reach out to people who are already doing it. And I would also add to that, don't get discouraged if they don't answer or if they take a while to get back to you. I feel like it's nothing personal. And there was a lot of people I reached out to in the beginning who just, I didn't hear back from. And sometimes it's like, all right, 
they have a lot going on and, and you understand that. And other times like Max responded to both of us yeah. and that's something you remember forever. It's Chocolate true. Covered Katie, one of my favorite bloggers, um, healthy dessert bloggers. She was successful, so successful. By the time I even thought about starting a blog, she got back to me. We became friends. I mean, it's like something that you always remember when someone, when someone takes the time. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to, uh, talk about that a little bit too, because I think that's so important. I agree. And because, you know, you have to remember that reaching out to these people, some of them are very busy. And, you know, I want to say like, I get messages from people all the time too. And I'm, I'm very aware and and try to remember, you know, when I was in that point, when I was reaching out to people. So I always get back to people, but you have to remember too, that these people you're reaching out to are very busy, you know? And so they may not be able to respond right away. But hopefully they will get back to you eventually. And, you know, that even goes for me. If you don't hear from me right away, I'm so sorry. It's literally just because I'm too busy at the moment. But I try my best to get back to every single person that I can because you want to pay it forward. I'm, I'm with you. It's like a catch-22 because we do remember what it was like to be reaching out. And there's still people that I reach out to all the time who are extremely successful and have a lot going on and who I want to learn from who... Um, who I still reach out to and I bet you do too. So it's, it's something that always continues. But also, if you live your life, I'm pretty passionate about this. If you live your life responding to other people, you don't have time for yourself. And so I've fallen into that a lot because I prided myself for years on answering every question, every message, everything. And I still want to, just like you said, but sometimes it's hard to do. So sometimes things get lost. And I feel like when there's questions that are asked frequently, I try to put them on the podcast or I try to do a blog post or I try to do an Instagram story. And I feel like you do that too. Yeah, I've started having to do that too because I was getting so... In fact, the education tab on my blog is a pure it was basically birthed out of getting so many questions on that, that I finally was just like, I can't individually answer this same question a million times. Well, it's so smart. One of, I forget who it was. I think it was my literary agent, Sarah, who told me a couple years ago, like make either a video or a blog post answering all of your most frequently asked questions, but like individually so that when people ask, you can send them a link to a video or you can send them a link to your blog. Yeah. And then people get a really in-depth answer that they deserve without it taking anyone's additional tons of time. Because that's, if I don't respond to somebody, it's usually because I, they deserve such an in-depth response that I can't give. But I don't want to give them a half-assed response after they've poured their heart out. So I save it and I'm like, when the time is right, I will get to this. And sometimes so much time passes and then I feel horrible. So it's just a catch 22. It is. I do the same thing. I sometimes sit on emails for a little while. Cause like you said, I'll get one and, and in my head, I'm like, Oh man, this person deserves like the most that I can possibly give to them. But I physically do not have the time to do that right now. And so sometimes I'll have to save it. So that's why sometimes I won't get back for a couple of weeks and I do feel horrible, but, but for people listening that are reaching out to people that, you know, may be very, very busy, have some, some compassion about that too. And don't immediately just be like, oh, they're, you know, too big for everyone now. The reality of it is that they're probably going to get back to you eventually. They may just have a lot on their plate at the moment. Yeah. Because that's very much my life. <laughs> exactly. And like we were just talking about, we like to do it all. We like to do everything when it comes to our business. And uh, most people listening know that I had an assistant for a long time and I've had lots of assistants and interns. And right now I don't. And 
I'm doing everything myself and I love doing everything myself. It's kind of this new awakening of like being in control of everything and talking to all the brands and answering all my emails, everything. And it does make it, it is, it, I like what you said about compassion because I do feel horrible when people have to wait to hear back from me or even like in a professional sense, like brands that I'm working with, but you can't live on email. And if you're doing it all, there's a lot of different facets to the job. One of them being creative and not being stuck on emails. Yeah. Which I learned a lot from Michael Bostick, speaking of the Skinny Confidential podcast, because he talks about that. He has some real gems of information. I really, really... I'm loving their podcast right now. Yeah, his right whole now. thing is like, yes, you have to respond to emails to be professional and to be in contact with people. However, prioritizing email over creating or over like your projects or meeting with people in person is not a smart move. Like you can literally, a lot of people's jobs, nothing against these people, I've been like this too, are like nine to five on email only. That's their whole job. Their whole day. And yeah. how... Like, how much else are we missing out on if we're sitting on email all the time and giving myself time to, like, leave and go on a hike? Or like you were saying, in your ideal day would be working out in the morning, going to lunch with friends, seeing friends at night. You can't do that if you're dedicated to answering every single question. Exactly. So it's just a catch-22. Oh, I know. To say that for the 10th time. That phrase must be my favorite phrase of the day or something, but I do feel (laughs) very torn because... I'm so honored to even get questions, to even have people wanting to ask me things. Yet I'm also so, so sad to not be able to get back to everybody. And then when I do try to get back to everybody, being an extroverted introvert, I get depleted. Yep. So exactly. And then you find no time for yourself. And yeah, so it really is. Um, and we've <laughs> said this a lot today, but it is a balance act. <laughs> yeah. A balancing act from the balance wand and real foodology. Yes. I love it. I'm so glad that we could finally do this. Me too. You're amazing. So are you. And next time you're back in town, which I think we determined will probably be the fall, if nothing else huge comes up, then you'll have to come back on and update us on how the tour is going. And Courtney's going on tour with Coldplay and Toast. Really excited. Yeah. And I'm the hugest Coldplay fan. I didn't know that. Are they playing in LA? Yes. (gasps) Girl, you have to come. What is it? The, ooh, I don't know. We'll figure okay, it out. We'll, we'll I gotta look up out. the date. Off recording. in September. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm to- I totally want to come. Okay, so I'll let's, get you the yeah. date. You have to come. <gasps> let's yay. figure it out and I'll come. Okay, yay. Thank you for coming and tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so everything across the board is Real Foodology. Um, realfoodology.com. And then my Instagram is Real Foodology. And those are really where I'm the most active, I would say. I have a uh, Facebook page as well, Real Foodology, and that helps keep you updated on every, everything if you want to head there too. And she's in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. So if you have specific questions for her, she'll get to them when she can. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a, I love that you're in there and connecting Thank with people. You. It makes I me really too. happy. Yay. All right. Thanks good. guys. We love you. Bye. Thank you.